I see life as a gift and it is a gift. Like I said before, I got to wake up this morning. I got to take that breath of air in that moment in the canyon. I got to survive and I don't know why things happen. I don't know I don't know why I survived and others didn't. So many others didn't. I don't know why people die of all sorts of things. But I'm a big believer in that we are put on this earth for a reason. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindsetnation once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation, or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com, and in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation, and there you can join the global community of like minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group, and now let me introduce today's guest. So today I'm joined by Tiffany Johnson, who empowers people across the globe with her message of living your best and bravest life, no matter what stands in your way. Caught in the 1999 Swiss canyoning disaster, she was swept away in an avalanche of water that stole the lives of 21 young people, including 14 Australians and others from New Zealand, the United Kingdom, South Africa and Switzerland. The Swiss canyoning disaster captured the attention of the media around the globe, including the New York Times, The Guardian in the UK, and the BBC. Tiffany is a survivor in every sense of the word. Her enthusiasm for life, being your authentic self, and listening to your own intuition is infectious. Tiffany's best-selling book, Brave Enough Now, has inspired audiences across the globe. Tiffany is a featured keynote speaker inspiring her audience with her story of resilience, survival and strength, captivating audiences through humor and honesty, sharing tools she has used to help her overcome trauma. She's also the host of the popular podcast, When We Are Brave, a podcast show sharing tips and tricks to live your best and bravest life. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Tiffany's personal story and how she survived the Swiss canyoning disaster in 1999 
and how it changed her life. In the middle and closer to the end, we talk about how to heal yourself after trauma and how to be brave, stop settling for less, and go for your dreams. In the end, Tiffany recommends super amazing books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. Or you can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Tiffany Johnson to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Tiffany, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Thanks, Tibor, for having me. It's so exciting to be on your show. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited and, yeah, excited to learn more about you, what you're up to, and about your journey. And so you are the author of Brave Enough Now, an inspirational story of self-discovery, survival, and hope and also featured keynote speaker and the host of the incredibly inspiring podcast, When We Are Brave. And so um, I want to start this conversation with your story, like how you got where you are today. Uh, for those of you who don't know me or, or know of my story, I'm a survivor from the 1999 Swiss canyoning disaster. And uh, it was a very large was the largest natural disaster uh, in Switzerland's history. And at the time of the event, it was global. It was all over the news across Mm. many different countries. It was over 200 journalists around uh, our chalet at the time of the event. And it took me 20 years to be able to be in a position where I was able to write my own personal story, which is brave enough now. And four years ago, uh, my mother mm-hmm. got breast cancer and I knew that I'd always had a story in me and she was about to go into surgery and I was sitting outside. It was the first time I'd been outside all day and it was a beautiful, beautiful sunny day and I was looking up at the hospital and I was just thinking there are so many people in that hospital who are dying or sick or my mother could end up not being with us anymore she might not survive the surgery she's okay everyone she's fine now and she's amazing she's with us and doing very well and healthy but at that moment I was and it took me back to being in the canyon and I thought I have to go back and I have to write my story now is the time and so I started writing my story of survival and recovery and it starts back when I was 17 I'd grown up in the country and I lived uh, in a small country town and I got to the end of my schooling and I had my all these options out in front of me and I never really felt like I belonged in our small country town and it wasn't that I uh, it wasn't that I didn't belong because I did and it was my home my hometown and I loved where I was and my family and my friends and my school but it just felt like there was a missing puzzle piece of me. And I think a lot of people who are in that age group taking those early steps into adulthood often feel that way, that they're looking for who they are as a person. And I was definitely in that boat. 
And I thought at the time that if I chose to go to university in another state, that maybe I would find who I was. And so I did that and I moved away uh, a very long Mm. way away. It was about 12-hour drive away. And um, the second year into university, I met a man who I didn't know that you could have these sorts of feelings. I saw him instantly and, oh, it was hot and and passionate and within a week we'd moved in together and mm, I thought that wow. this, yeah crazy and I thought that you know maybe this was part of the missing puzzle piece and the steps into adulthood that I'd been searching for and after about three months what was this loved up honeymoon period slowly started to drop off and that relationship turned incredibly toxic and I stayed in that relationship for about two years and I became anorexic. I had low self-esteem, high anxiety and was barely functioning. I was working five jobs. I was trying to make ends meet and it just was going from bad to worse. And then we had a death in Mm. our family and I was finally allowed to go back home because it had been very controlling and often when yeah particularly young people but anyone who's in a toxic relationship and there's a lot of control and things involved uh, when you're away from your loved ones it's even harder to get out of that relationship because you don't have that support that you would normally have so Mm, when I went back home and I was standing in my childhood bedroom and I looked in the mirror I saw this girl that I just didn't recognize I had bones sticking out of me in places that I didn't know they were bones and I I looked terrible and I was so riddled with shame that I had allowed this to happen to myself. I felt nothing but self-hatred for having allowed it to happen. Mm. And so then as I had some time with back with my family, I'd started to build up my self-confidence again and I thought, right, this is it, I am out of here. And so I went back to what was our pretend happy home and found him in bed with two other women when I got back to the place that I'd called home. And so that was great because it was my escape. I could actually finally leave. And so I did leave (laughs) and I decided to go as far away as possible. So I went to a tropical island and didn't trust anybody, didn't trust myself, drank far too much alcohol to try and hide the hurt and the suffering and the pain that I'd experienced. And um, one night on the way home from work, I was walking home in a dark part of the island and I was nearly raped by two men and I escaped. And the next day the ex-boyfriend had found where I was and was calling me again. And he said, that he was going back overseas. He was from overseas. He was an Australian. And um, I said to him, do you want to book a ticket for two? Because I thought at the age of 21 that it was safer the, better, safer the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And mm-hmm. so I quickly left the island and went overseas with him. And, you know, there's always those promises that everything's going to be great this time round and better and wonderful and I'll treat you like my princess and my queen and blah, blah, blah. But after a period of time, the same old wheel started to turn again and I was wondering what on earth I was going to do now that I was stuck on the other side of the world Mm. and now even further away from any form of friends or family. 
and I was going through my backpack one night and I found this letter and I it was covered in these ridiculous love heart stickers and it smelled like really cheap perfume and I was like oh my god what is in that letter I've got to know what's in that letter (laughs) and so uh, so I opened that letter and it was from the married woman that he had been seeing back in Australia and he bought her a ticket to meet him overseas and I knew that he had no money and I quickly checked my bank account and discovered that uh, there was a situation there that needed to be addressed. So I left. I finally, finally left. But now I had nothing. I had no money, nowhere to go, no friends or family. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And so by this stage, I was hysterical. I was in a phone booth mm-hmm. and I was c- crying so much that people were, people were walking by looking at me like, what is wrong with that girl? Yeah. And I was I made, I made a phone call, a life-saving phone call back to my mum, back to home, and um, when the phone answered, which is just showing my age because it was that old when you used to ring call collect number when it was overseas. And um, when I heard my mum's voice, I was, I was a mess and I still had never told my parents the shame and the true nature of the relationship because mm-hmm. I just I just didn't want them to know. I didn't want to let them down. I felt like I'd let everybody down around me and I couldn't take it. I, I just felt so terrible about myself and still angry at myself that I'd let it happen. I just had said to my mum that, you know, things hadn't worked out. It was a disaster. And she said, we've kind of gone overseas and had a terrible time, darling. Go and book a Kentucky tour. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And within a week I managed to get myself to London and I got on a bus tour that would ultimately change my life forever. Mm-hmm. And as I was travelling, I still had you know, lack of self-esteem. I didn't trust anybody. I had this wall around me that I just couldn't seem to bring down. I felt completely alone and isolated, even though I was surrounded by all these people. And we were driving through Tuscany and I was looking out at the scenery and the bus was really quiet and there was no one awake. And I was bored and I was lonely and I was questioning my life and what is it all for and why is this happening and what do I do and what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Mm. And then I look up um, at this, I looked up over the seats in the bus and this other girl looked up over the seats of the bus and she looked at me and I said, I motioned to her, come down here, come down here. And she came and sat next to me and we instantly had this amazing connection and it was like, a shining light. She was a shining light to me and we opened our hearts. We told each other our deepest, darkest secrets. We were like little kids whispering in the playground and I had (laughs) found, yeah, it was this beautiful moment and this beautiful time of connection with another (laughs) human being and it was something that I'd been looking for for so long and there was no judgment, there was no expectations, there was just complete and utter acceptance and freedom and it was the most liberating and beautiful relationship. And she's still my very best friend to this day. Wow. We speak to each other so all great. the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, she's amazing. Wow. And we have an, a very special bond. And so as we kept traveling, we'd do stuff together, sometimes not do stuff together, but it, it was the opening doors for me to finally accept myself. When I could see that someone else could accept me, what's and all, 
every single broken piece of me, every piece of me that had fallen off and still be accepted and nurtured and cherished by someone else that was a complete stranger, then maybe I could do that for myself. Yeah. We got to Switzerland. We went to up to Jungfrau. I don't know if you've been there, but it's um, the, the highest mm-hmm. train station in the world in the Alps and there's this beautiful glacier there and it was Tibor, don't laugh. I'm from Australia. There's not much snow here. It was the first time I'd ever seen <laughs> snow. So sorry, sorry. <laughs> so it was it was so exciting for me. Yeah. And, and I'm holding this snow in my hands, and I'm just in awe of the Alps and thinking to myself, mm. "Wow, these mountains have stood the test of time. You know, they've withstood dinosaurs. They've withstood men." They've withstood blizzards and goodness knows what else. Yeah. If these mountains can still be standing, then I can do this thing called life. I can do this. I'm wow. I'm free. I am me. And it was so freeing and liberating and amazing. And it was the mm. first time in so many years that I actually accepted all of myself. And it was self-love that I had discovered again. I'd had it as a child, but it had been stripped away mm. so many times. I'd also been bullied really badly at school. And so, you know, all those self-confidence things that really had an impact on who I was as a young adult. The next day we were going canyoning and it was, oh, oh, everyone was so excited. We couldn't wait to do this new adventure. We were out living life. We were all you know, fueled with adrenaline and, yes, and half the people didn't even know what canyoning <laughs> was. Now, for the people out there who don't know what canyoning is, it's not that common a sport. We would call yeah. it in Australia a creek. It's like a water stream that goes down through the mountain and you use harnesses, you wear a wetsuit, you have a helmet on and a life vest and you climb, abseil, slide, jump down through the canyon, through the ravine where the water is and you make your way down to the bottom where it goes. And it's pretty fun. So um, it's not meant to be as it is dangerous, but wasn't meant to be as dangerous as it turned out for us. So we, when we were getting ready, there was um, there was two busloads of people who mm-hmm. were going canyoning. So it was an extracurricular activity. You didn't have to do it. And there was a girl standing next to me who I had never met. She was from another bus and she had a wedding ring on. And I remember this moment forever. And that friend of hers said to her, why uh, are you putting a Band-Aid on your wedding ring? She was putting um, like a Band-Aid like you put on a cut over her wedding ring, like a sticky plaster. And um, mm-hmm. and she said, mm-hmm. uh, she said, because if anything happens, I just want people to know that I was married. Mm. And I remember standing there thinking, that is so weird. Why would you... Why would you come on a Kentucky tour and be married? And why would you be worried that something's going to happen? Yeah. The thing was that I actually had the most overwhelming feeling of dread and uh, I actually now call it my intuition. It's that gut instinct. I knew mm. something was going to go wrong. I just didn't know what it was. And my stomach was full of butterflies. It's like a sinking feeling and I still get it. In fact, I got it the day before I found out my mother had breast cancer mm. and I just, I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on what it was and there was a big storm up at the top of the mountain 
it's a really high mountain, like they're big mountains, these mountains. Yeah. So I didn't realise, though, that how far away that was or where it was. And so being a girl from the country, I really understood weather patterns. It's a really important part of growing up in, in the country and rural life and, you know, when there's droughts and floods and and what to do in those situations and, and working out the weather patterns. And my hair is like a human barometer. Every time it rains, it goes really, really frizzy. <laughs> 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 and so this day, this, my hair was so frizzy, but I just couldn't work out. But where the rain was, was at the top of the mountain where the beginning of the canyon was. So when we get up to the top of the canyon, by now I'm, I'm feeling rather unwell mm. from this intuition feeling that I've got going on. My hair is completely frizzy and I've put my helmet on and um, our guide said to us, we're not 100% sure whether or not we should go in today, but don't worry, there are plenty of exit points and if we need to get out, we can. And we said, okay, now we, off we went. There was definitely a very uh, interesting energy in the air. You could smell the rain and it was dark mm-hmm. and you know, the, the water was glistening on the leaves. And by the time we got to the middle of the canyon, um, we'd won about our third jump and mm. I noticed that the water was rising and I turned to the girl next to me and she's a friend of mine and I said, why is the water rising? Mm. And she said, I don't know, and it had turned from this beautiful crystal clear water to a murky muddy brown and it had risen from my ankle to my knee within a matter of moments and our guide said, we need to move. Where we were in the canyon was a really narrow part. There was no escape points, no exit points. We were all standing in single file and it could not have been more than a metre wide if that in certain spots. So I took that last jump and as I entered into the water, the sound of the water was like thunder. It was so, so loud and there was a guide waiting for me uh, in that water hole that I jumped into and as I came up for air from my life vest lifting me up out of the water, he reached out to grab me and I reached out for him but our hands slipped past each other mm. and I was sucked under the water. As I was sucked under the water, mm. a four-metre wall of water came down and hit all of my friends, including my friend that I was standing next to. I was the last person to ever speak to her and the girl who was putting a Band-Aid over her wedding ring. She's never been found. Wow. And that always it always sits in my mind, those moments. So as I was pulled under the water, I heard my father's voice say to me, mm. if ever you get stuck in floodwaters, just relax and stay calm. And so that's exactly what I did. I knew that I was in floodwaters and I knew that I had to relax and stay calm and try and get air when I could and I completely surrendered my body to the water. And I guess I can, the closest thing I can say to it is, for people who meditate, when you get into that state of consciousness where you can't necessarily feel where the end of your hand is and it's almost like you're just all one big being, it's almost like you, it's that, like the moments before you go to sleep, you're not asleep yet, but mm. it, was, it was like that. It was I was completely focused mm. on nothing else but holding my breath and staying floppy and relaxing. I just completely let go. It's probably what saved my life. There are a few things that probably saved my life, but I'll never know for sure. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode, and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. 
I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at Tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, Tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's Mindset Transforming Conversation. So I kept, I was getting tossed around like being in a washing machine, had arms and legs going everywhere. I was colliding with logs and debris and boulders, people, and uh, eventually was pushed up uh, into a, a massive boulder by a giant log. And it was the first time I really could see what I was amongst. And I looked to my right and I saw the rapids raging and my friends' bodies floating over the top of the rapids and I knew instantly that they were dead. Mm-hmm. And I looked to my left and I saw the bank, but it was too far away. I knew that I could never make it. Mm-hmm. And I had to decide in that split second what I was going to do and it was the most incredible moment because it was like I saw my life flash before my eyes literally in like snapshots. I saw myself as a child being bullied and being pinned down on the ground and teased and harassed by the other kids. I'd seen myself as a teenager and not feeling like I really fit in and trying to work out who I was. 
then I saw myself being treated so badly in that relationship and then I saw myself how I was now and being accepted and loving of myself and whole. I was broken but whole and I didn't ever want to go back to being that girl that had been picked on. I didn't ever want to go back to being the girl that, that didn't stand up for what she truly believed in when she knew that things were happening to her that were wrong. I didn't ever want to be her again. I wanted to be the me that I was there and then. And I thought that if I stayed by the boulder with the log crushing me and the water was lapping at my chin, I thought the water could rise and I'd drown in an instant. Another giant log could come down and hit me in the head and I'd be knocked unconscious and I would drown or a boulder even. There were boulders moving so a boulder could come down. And I just thought I I didn't even think. I just let go and Mm. I chose life. I just didn't want to be, didn't want to be the person that was there, that was from before. I wanted to move forward in my life. Wow. And I didn't know what that meant, though. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it meant that I would survive or if I would die, but I just knew that I couldn't stay there. So I let go and I was pulled under the water again and I kept coming up for snippets of air when I could. And it came to a point when I, I thought, this is it. I have no air left in my lungs and... I need air. I need air. And so I prayed. I prayed to God and I prayed to my aunt that had died that time before. And I said, dear God, dear auntie died, don't let me die because if I die, mum won't cope, which I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I also might giggle about that because I'm like even in the moment when I actually think I really am truly about to die, I'm thinking about my mum and my dad and my family and Mm. um, very close to my family. Wow. And um, it was that was the most amazing thing that happened next was that I don't know whether it was um, a wave or another rapid or an angel or God or what happened, but my whole body spurred up out of the water like a, like a torpedo going mm. shooting up into the air. Wow. And I was at the top of a giant waterfall and mm-hmm. I got, took a massive, mouthful of air and in that moment I did actually swear because I could see that I was about to go over this giant waterfall and thought oh my god Mm. and then I fell back down into the water and then when I came back up again I actually surfaced in this tiny little alcove next to the waterfall Um, and it was crystal clear water and completely flat there was no rapids in there and it was only maybe 60 centimetres, a metre wide entrance into this little alcove and I'd been washed up into there. And so I tried to make my way over to the edge but my legs wouldn't work and so I used my arms. And I've been a champion swimmer as a kid so I was like, if ever there's a time to swim, the time is now. (laughs) The time is now. Your time. Your time has (laughs) come. by time, absolutely. And so I made my way over to the edge, but I couldn't. I kept reaching up to the grass, but it was so slippery from all the rain. I couldn't actually grab onto anything to pull myself out. And then a pair of feet arrived as my head was just, my head was only just barely above the water. I was exhausted. I didn't actually know you could ever be that exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And Oof. I, he tried, to, the person tried to grab onto my life vest, but I had a massive log actually stuck through my life vest. So I had to wiggle back down into the water and yank it out. And that was the first time I actually was scared because I thought 
oh, my God, I've got to go back into the water. I'm so close to getting out. I have to get this log out now mm. because it was wedged sort of in the mud somehow. Anyway, I finally yanked it out and um, I yelled out, go, and this person pulled me up onto the bank. And then I looked up through the mud that was in my eyes and stuck in my eyelashes and I was covered in leaf litter. I was covered in mud and debris. Um and I looked up, I saw that it was actually one of my friends that had also survived. And there were four of us that ended up in that little alcove mm. that day. Um, and then we laid there and I was panting and my legs were sort of still in the water. And then we heard a voice and it was a man who'd come from somewhere. I don't know where he'd come from, but he'd come from somewhere. And he said, quick, come with me, follow me. I jumped up so fast that adrenaline kicked in. I was like, right, everyone, come on, we've got to go, we've got to get to higher ground. I was like a soldier in combat. I was out <laughs> of there. <laughs> and so we climbed up the we climbed up the mountain and by now it was like a mudslide and we were hanging onto the trees to try and pull ourselves up. And then when we got up to the top of the road where we'd originally entered the canyon, it was further down up the road. Obviously it wasn't where we had started, but mm-hmm. it was the same route. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I looked up at the person that had walked us up to the road and it was the guide who had missed grabbing onto my hand in Mm. the water hole Wow! and we embraced and we both started crying Mm. and then I was like right come on we've got to get there let's we've got to we've got to keep moving we've got to we've got to get out of here and we walked back down the road to uh, where it was the scene of a rescue attempt but I already knew they were too late so there was 21 young people died that day. Mm. Um, there were three guides who died and the rest were participants. Mm. I had a broken leg. Um, my tibia was split in half from my ankle to my knee. I had oh. four broken ribs, mm. dislocated jaw, which I've since had surgery on. It's still not great, my jaw. Um, I had damaged pancreas, so I'm now on an insulin pump. My pancreas doesn't work anymore. I had soft tissue damage to both of my legs, um, which mm. took months and months and months and months and months to heal, mm. longer than the longer than the breaks. And um, and I obviously had a lot of mental health issues afterwards. I mean, I'd had mental health issues beforehand, but afterwards I had PTSD and very severe survivor's guilt. Wow. Um, so I am still here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, so thank you so much for, for sharing this. Yeah, I really appreciate you being vulnerable, be, uh, having uh, or sharing that story. Obviously, there were a lot of things that you've mentioned. So, for example, in the beginning, yeah, who you are or people who are looking for themselves. Um, but I actually wanted to focus on um, how this experience how did this experience change your life? Because it took a, it took a while to, to write the book, uh, brave enough now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you are back, you are here to empower and inspire others with your book, with your podcast, um, sharing your story. So for example, when we look at the book or your experience or biggest takeaways, uh, from this experience, like what would you say to people? There were so many components to my healing journey mm-hmm. after the accident and it definitely changed my life forever. 
but you have a new perspective on life when mm. you are faced with death. And I don't think that matters if you nearly get run over or when you if you get sick or a loved one that's sick. And I think you also change as a person once you've been through a trauma. And trauma is trauma. There's no hierarchy of trauma. Trauma can be anything to anybody. It doesn't mean that you have to have had an experience like mine, but you yeah. could have had something that's been really hard for you to deal with and that is still a form of trauma for you. And yeah. so going um, going through the fear and going through them through the challenges that those really hard times bring you certainly mm. changes your perspective on life. I'm incredibly grateful for everything. I have, I was always a positive person, but now I'm like over the top <laughs> positive person. Um, so uh, let me give you an example, something that happened this evening. Mm. I was going for a walk along the beach with my husband. We live at the beach. Mm. and Wow. We're very lucky. Yeah, we're very lucky to live at the beach. No, so snow. awesome. And, yeah, <laughs> and um, and my husband's phone rang for work and I'm thinking to myself, wow, he's so lucky. He gets to work while he's on the beach. <laughs> How many people get to work when they're at the beach? We're so lucky. And he's thinking, oh, my God, this person's called me and I'm on the beach. It's such an inconvenience. But just like every single thing. And it does look, it doesn't happen all the time. I am completely human. I still get frustrated and overwhelmed and um, all of those other things that come in everyday life. But I am very easy to pivot and turn everything into a form of gratitude and I have this overwhelming and overflowing cup of positivity that I embrace because at the end of the day I'm alive mm, and wow. I very, very, very nearly wasn't alive. So I do lots of different practices that really help me move forward in that way. So to start with I um, I got professional help, which was amazing Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. with a hospital in Australia that specialises in post-traumatic stress disorder. And you've got to remember 20 years ago, actually 21 years ago now, um, PTSD wasn't really a thing that people talked about. It was pretty new on the scenes, sort of a little bit mm -hmm. touch and go, but there weren't many people that really knew how to manage it. And an interesting thing about the disaster was that the people who came in to help us afterwards, counsellors, part of the rescue team, mm -hmm. um, there was an abundance of people that were available to assist us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because no one knew what they were doing. So they just sort of threw everybody at us. The, the governments had no idea. No one had ever dealt with anything like this yet. This is before 9-11, before the Bali bombings, and, you know, before the war on terror started. And that group of people actually uh, started trauma training for other mm -hmm. rescue teams around the world. So the boys who were in Thailand, was it last year, the year before, maybe a little while, a couple of years ago, who were stuck in that cave, the people who went in to help rescue those boys had been trained by the same people who had come and worked with us in Switzerland, mm -hmm. in Interlaken. So mm. lots of, as much as tragedy and tragedy strikes, it's it's tragic and it's horrible and there's so many negative things that come with that but there's always a positive and there's always the other side we always get through to the other side mm. so I think that I was I also felt very brave in the fact that I knew I had a massive problem and I needed to address it and I went and sought the right help and that's key is getting the right help in any time we need any form of 
um, mental health assistance, whether it's grief counselling or we've got anxiety or depression, it's really important to make sure you seek the people that specialise in that area. You wouldn't go and see a an ear doctor if you had something wrong with your foot. So um, I truly believe that it's important to make sure you addressed in the right avenue for those sorts of areas. Uh, and one of the really good and wonderful tools, I journaled all my life, but journaling at that time was incredibly important. And I remember the time I had a session with them and I said, okay, well, Nan, we want you this week to write down what happened and how you felt. And it was so difficult. It was so difficult and hard because mm. when you when you write down your deepest, darkest feelings, sometimes for me, I know for me personally, and I'm a massive fan of journaling, that you, what is actually inside, you're able to put on paper, but it's things that often you just cannot say. You can't bring yourself to say. You can't, There's no hiding on the paper. Mm. And afterwards, you can do whatever you want with it. You can chop it up, put it in a shredder, burn it in a safe place, in a fire pit would be good. But, you know, it's, there's this wonderful opportunity to start to get out what's sitting in your body. So that was really important part of, of my healing. And it also, I mean, I was still grateful, but when I first came back, I was angry, man, was I angry. And that's part of the PTSD and Mm -hmm. survivor's guilt. And I was suicidal at one point. I, I honestly thought it would have been so much easier if I'd died. This just is too hard. Oh my God. And so, yeah, I think when you are at your lowest of lows, you mm. and you've moved through it and you've worked through it and you've done the work, and it's hard work. Don't get me wrong, this work is hard, hard work to do. Mm. But when you do get to the other side, you have, well, I have this overwhelming cup of gratitude. And I wrote my book because I really thought if I can go through this, and if I can be living this normal, this extraordinary, this wonderful life that I've created, then I could maybe help someone else make positive choices or help someone else know what to do or feel inspired or feel empowered to be their authentic self. Mm. And I truly believe that when you believe in yourself, because remember at the beginning of the book I was like, or the beginning of my story, my book starts at the beginning of my story, there was that missing puzzle piece. And I just didn't 100% believe in myself. And when I got to that mountain, I did. And I still do. And I believe in myself even more now. And I truly think that when you do believe in yourself, that magic comes your way and it spreads like a wildfire for others to join in. And you just can't help but feel invigorated for life, whatever that brings you. And that's what leads you to living your best and bravest life because to be your authentic self is to be brave and we have to be brave in so many different things that we have to do in our life, whether it's even just getting up in the morning or making choices on what we do with our career or our relationships or who we are as individuals or being brave in the fact that we want to journal or we're not sure how we start, trying something new, learning a new language, seeing snow for the first time, whatever it is that you're doing, Yeah, yeah. You have to be brave in life. You have to be brave in life to succeed and I think to find that light and that joy. Yeah, I I absolutely love this message to be brave and live your best life. Um, And don't settle for less, um, you know, in relationships or 
in your professional life. So if there is something that you want to start, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a new relationship, um, maybe it's an adventure, uh, you have to go for it. And in your podcast, you talk about uh, great topics, uh, and I'm excited to uh, listen to upcoming episodes. Uh, you talk about, for example, overcoming imposter syndrome, and in your story, you mentioned lack of self-esteem. And I very much focus on similar topics like identity, mindset, confidence, um, because I believe that these are things that might hold people back a lot of times when it comes to being brave. As you say, I haven't formulated this uh, this way, like being brave, but this is this is really something I, I, I usually talk about overcoming fear, aka being brave. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> because, it yeah. Is. yeah. So I left my, you know, previous job uh, as an architect uh, to start uh, something completely different and completely new, uh, which requires, yeah, just being brave and, and take the leap because it's taking the leap into the unknown. And, um, but if you settle for less, you're going to be just miserable, uh, in your life, I guess. Cause, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. so I just don't, didn't want to experience that. So that was my motivation there. And so, yeah, so your biggest message with the book, if I can hear you well, and with the podcast is really to inspire people to be brave live their best life and be authentic. And with authenticity, you mean being true to themselves, right? Yes, that's exactly correct. Because that's a gift, isn't it? I I see life as a gift and it is a gift. Like I said before, I got to wake up this Mm. morning. I got to take that breath of air in that moment in the canyon. I got to survive and I don't know why things happen I don't know I don't know why I survived and others didn't so many others didn't I don't know why people die of all sorts of things but I'm a big believer in that we are put on this earth for a reason and that we need to make the most of it and it is a gift to be here every day and to find joy in all the things that we do because if you're dead a long time right you, we don't mm. know the unknown is scary and we don't know what's going to happen next. But Mm. I certainly know that I want to make the most of every single day that I'm here. Yeah, that's really powerful. And uh, uh, we haven't talked about that uh, or being brave or living in fear. What came to my mind is really living in fear or living in survival mode. And because of the situation right now with the coronavirus it can be something that people maybe want to contemplate on a little bit like am i living in fear am i living in survival mode or am i living in a way that i'm being authentic and true to my desires and true to myself like really honestly telling yourself what you really really want and not settling for less i guess That's a really important point. There is a lot of fear around. There's this concept of I don't know what's next and I'm not coping and I'm not. There's a lot of negative talk in the air and I think that's Mm. global at the moment. And I understand why people are feeling that way. 
I'm so lucky that I can still walk along my beach and go for a walk. Other people don't have that luxury and other people are, uh, at the moment in particular, they're on their own, they're in small apartments, they can't leave at all and they're feeling disconnected and lonely and anxious and they don't know how to move through that and some really great tools to help move through that because we will get through this. We will get to the other side and the other side will look different but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be scary or bad. It just will be different. So I find in times of high anxiety, deep breathing is really good if you're really feeling quite anxious. Your body holds yourself really tight and Mm. uh, a lot of people you'll see them when they're really stressed, you know, their shoulders are up around their ears, um, they might be holding onto their fists. So if we can do some really deep breathing in that moment of fear or anxiety mm-hmm. just to help our bodies start to settle, once we can release the physical aspects of what fear does to us, and there's a whole lot of hormonal stuff going on, which I won't go into at the moment, um, I have had uh, I was I was a massage therapist for many years, and so I and a Reiki healer, so I've got lots of other <laughs> other strings to my yeah. bow, as they say as well. But um, the the breathing deeply, holding for four, breathing out for four, breathing in for four, holding for four, and breathing out for four, and just start mm. to do that until you just can feel yourself settling. You'll start to be able to see through what's happening in that moment and it will settle your body so that you can then start to think in a more rational way. And there's lots of great uh, podcasts out there in particular um, that help with a lot of those sorts of areas. Uh, and journaling, of course, is a major tool that I use all the time. In fact, I have a free mini guided journal on my website that uh, is great to help people start to work through Um, pages of reflection and where they're at and lots of guided points to help people work out how to actually journal because some people just don't know how to do that and I think that's a great little tool there Um, and freeform writing which is also a type of journaling but where you uh, just you know I don't know what to write I'm hating this this is the worst thing ever and then it will just start flowing Um, and then you can just screw it up chuck it in the bin whatever you want And I also love, um, I'm a very creative person, so I used to do a lot of artwork and sell a lot of artwork and be commissioned for art. And um, uh, I have found art therapy to be amazing. So I know that we went through this craze of adult colouring in books for a while and a lot of people really loved that, but that's uh, not necessarily for me. But other people um, love that. And art therapy is amazing. So just using any pens or pencils or any any art supplies you've got lying around, some bits of paint, house paint, whatever it is, and just throwing something down, using some chalk on the driveway or on your courtyard or on your veranda or wherever you are, and just using a creative medium to express yourself. You don't have to keep it. It doesn't have to be something spectacular, but it's another really great way of how we can let our emotions out of our bodies. Once we start to clear that energy within our bodies, then we can start to think more clearer. We can start to pivot and turn into a form of gratitude and have a much more positive mindset. And there's also a whole bunch Mm. of other great um, tips and tricks that I'm sure that you've talked about on your podcast. I know I talk about them on mine uh, that we can do to feel more grateful. And I think that's a really great 
way to think about things when we are going through a really, really, really hard time and take it from someone who knows it's very hard to feel grateful in that moment of darkness, but you can switch the light on again. Thank you so much for sharing those practices. Uh, it's very useful to the listeners. And um, as we are coming to the end of the episode, uh, I wanted to ask you about some book recommendations besides your book that could help the listeners, you know, transform their mindset or way of thinking. Do you have anything in mind that you would recommend? It can be business, spiritual, psychology, you know, something that might have changed your life. There's a few books that have changed my life. There's um, Abraham Abraham Hicks, The Vortex, uh, and they also have a lot of free videos on YouTube. It's pretty out there sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I really love uh, a lot of, a lot of her teachings. Um, I I read a book called Barkskins by Annie Prue, and I think it's Prue. It's actually spelt. I think it's P R O U L X or P R O L U X. I apologize, Annie, if you're listening, but your writing is amazing. She's a very well known. I think she's an American author, and <laughs> but this book. Uh, changed how I thought about the environment. So I was already very environmentally aware, but, and this is not so much a spiritual or a business book, but this was more on our lifestyle, how it's changed my lifestyle. I have every form of recycling you can think of in the house. And it talks about, it's a story, it's a novel, and it goes over I think about 400 years and it talks about uh, when Canada had its Indigenous peoples living through Canada and through America and how they treated the land. And then it talks about Mm -hmm. how white man came and what white man did to the land. And it's this story of two different families. One goes through the Indigenous route but uh, is infiltrated by white man and the other one goes through white man Dutch route and what they do to the land. And the actual main character of the book is the trees and the forests and it talks about the destruction that we have done as humans and how um, how we need to come back around to living in a more harmonious state with our land and so I just I really connected with that book a lot of people I know that have read it found it very difficult it's very very long and it's very challenging to read at times but yeah Um, The story is amazing from an environmental point of view. So that's something a little bit off the beaten track that I thought was worth mentioning. And because I'm a memoirist and I absolutely love memoir, I would have to say that Mm -hmm. two of my, I've probably got three favourite memoirs and I do a lot of different reading. I love all Brené Brown Mm -hmm. books. I think she's got so many wonderful tips that um, she can give people out there. So anything of hers is always amazing. Uh, but I yeah. do love Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love, and I do love Cheryl Strayed's Wild, and I do love the story of Lion, which is um, by Suru Breeley, I think his last name is. Um, and all of those books have actually been turned into movies, but the books themselves are amazing. I just love hearing stories of triumph 
and overcoming obstacles yeah. such as I have done. So um, there's a few different ones. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all those books. Uh, very inspiring. And before I last, uh, before I ask my last question, please tell the listeners where they can uh, get in touch with you online, learn more about you. Yeah. So you can always find me on my website, which is tiffanyjohnson.com.au. You'll find links to my blog. There's lots of tips and tricks on living your best and bravest life. There's my links to my podcast on there, which is called When We Are Brave. It's on all of the major uh, podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, it's on there, iHeartRadio, tune in, all the ones that you're on as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's on every platform available. So that's When We Are Brave. And that shares amazing mm. and inspirational stories with individuals and conversations on being brave and tips and tips, tips and tricks, sorry, to live your best and bravest life. And I really love doing the podcast. So you can also find me on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn, and I'm also on Pinterest. So tiffanyjohnson.com.au. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And the links are going to be in the show notes. People can find it on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And my last question is, what is your mission? We tapped into this a little bit. And also, what is your vision? How do you see yourself, you know, in the future? Well, in these uncertain times when people don't know whether they're coming or going, I was seeing myself on lots of stages talking to a lot of people, but currently that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sitting in my office in my house. Um, I, I want to continue on to empower people to live their best and bravest life and know that when they do believe in themselves, that it really is a wonder and a miracle and it's a blessing and it's their gift to our earth that they are living as their authentic self. And I believe that that mm. really does spread like magic across the globe and it helps everybody and uplifts everybody. So um, that's, that's my mission in life is to help people to be able to do that. I've got a whole bunch of other things under my belt coming out. So I've got a few other books. I've got a journal, a beautiful full-length journal, uh, which is mm, on how wow. we can be braver. So that will be available at some point in the near future. Um, and I've also got a children's book series coming out on being brave, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. So that's um, a picture book series. And then I've also got uh, a few other tips and things that are going to be happening. And I would love to do a cookbook, but that's a long way down the track. So I'll be doing lots of author things, lots of podcasts and lots of empowerment to people and speaking when we are allowed back out within our communities. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's a wonderful mission. And um, yeah, it just resonates a lot. And thank you so much for doing this work. And thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved talking with you. Thank you so much. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.